Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we're going to talk about how we build our youth sports performance programs at Champion, some of the do's and don'ts when we started uh, Champion, and how we integrate the rest of the spine and, and core and, and pelvis with cervical spine patients. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, episode 7 of the Ask Mike Reinold Show. That's right. Uh, coming to you here from Champion PT and Performance in Boston. Um, say hi to the crew, I guess, everybody. Um, you guys know Lenny Macrina now. He's, what are we, this is episode 7, we think? Episode 7. We're getting... I think I'm still wearing the same clothes. Uh, <laughs> it might be coincidence. <laughs> yes. We all change our clothes. Lenny doesn't. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a uniform. Um, so Lenny Macrina here with us today. We also have Greg Wilson, one of our uh, prestigious strength coaches here at Champion PT and Performance. But uh, we got a good question on some youth sports performance today. So I thought pulling Greg in for his expertise would be pretty neat. Um, and as always, nice... Uh, Round of applause for our PT student of the time, you, uh, Gabe Morgan, in here from from um, uh, Armstrong. <laughs> it's good stuff every time. Just from just from Armstrong. He's, he's from, from Savannah, he's, Georgia. He's from that. from Armstrong. But Gabe's here to help us with the questions as always. So um, we're doing good. Um, um, I just got a workout in. Greg Wilson's trying to give me some arms, so we'll get him. starting this week off strong. Um, Lenny, uh, Lenny, this might be Lenny's last podcast for a couple weeks or so. Uh, expecting his his first child soon. How you feeling, Len? I'm a little nervous, not gonna lie. So we'll, uh, she is home today, and hopefully I can get through a snowstorm and get home if she needs me. So I may dash out of here any moment. So any any day now. So. Um, let's see, without further ado, Gabe, you want to start up with for questions today? Absolutely. Let's start off with Bridget asking from Maine. Maine. Um, Maine, I like it. She asks, what is the most effective way to train young athletes without overtraining them and setting them up for injury, but enough so that they can excel in their sport? All right, so I always, I don't know why I like to paraphrase it. Maybe am I stalling? Am I buying time? But, all right, so what's the most effective way to train young athletes without causing injury and to get them ready for their sport? Um, I guess, heck, I'll jump in. I have a, I have a first grader now, so um, I actually this morning right before this podcast uh we had a uh we had open access to their um their pe classes this morning at school so all the parents got to go watch um i was i was actually really impressed because it wasn't like the gym class that we had growing up i, I think we just played dodgeball and and scooted around on those scooters all the time yeah right that's uh except for until that one kid got hit in the face and then we couldn't play dodgeball anymore uh but uh i, I think that's all we did but man they were they they did they had so many skills built into one class, like even stuff like, you know, mannerisms, like where they were, you know, they'd be, play tag, but they'd have to like say, excuse me and stuff like at various points, it, it, but in a good way, like not, not in a weird way, uh, but like numbers and, you know, sports skills, movement skills, it was kind of good, but, um, but anyway, I'm going on a rant. So Greg, Greg does, you know, a good amount of our, our strength.
strength and conditioning programs. And um, I think one of the, the most fun groups we have here is our youth sports performance, which are our kids. Uh, really, we have probably as low as fourth grade. We had there were a couple of them were in third grade last year, so and they're still here in the fourth grade. Um, we had from third grade all the way up to kind of like middle school before we get into their their real strength and conditioning. But Greg, what's what's the foundation behind our youth sports here at Champion? So with our youth uh, group sports performance class, we like to um, work on what we call the ABCs of movement. So that's uh, agility, balance, and coordination. So we focus on those three uh, as a whole to just get the um, young athletes moving a lot better uh, than they are. Most of them, when they come in, they have a lot, um, you know, um, poor balance, weak cores. So we like to get all those things strengthened up, and then that way we can just, as a whole, um, progress them. So correct me if I'm wrong. I guess what you're saying, and and, and just to get get this right, I guess here is that the concept for the youth sports performance isn't necessarily on some of the the normal things we do in strength and conditioning, like strength and power. It's more taking a step back and enhancing their movement skills before we we kind of build their athleticism. I guess. Is yes, that, absolutely. Is that about right. So you know, I think Lenny, you could probably have some good comments here too, because what I, we're seeing a ton of kids in middle school and high school that come in here, and it's amazing. Like they can't touch their toes. Um, it's it, it, it's amazing. I mean, why why do you think kids nowadays just they, I don't know they're just they're not as they just can't move. They can't move, and it's a, <clears throat> I, I think it comes back to cutting PE out of a lot of schools. Fortunately, your school uh, where your daughter goes keeps it, but I think just not being active or as active, and I think we, we, we see that with schools are cutting PE. They're not um, getting outside and playing. They're sitting at home and doing a lot more homework than we ever did or playing <laughs> video games and all that stuff which you know, some of it is good but they got to get out and be active and that's where they come in and parents love that our programs are here to develop some of the basics of, of balance coordination and agility type stuff and I think it's been one of our biggest growing programs that we've had here at Champion is our youth from the 9 year olds, 8 year olds to 12, 13 years old getting kids active even if it's for an hour it's an hour that they weren't normally getting and we are there to coach them as well and give them the basics of movement. It's been a tremendous uh, spot for us in our program. So I guess to summarize then, I would say um, maybe don't focus as much on strength and conditioning and yeah. focus a little bit more on movement skills. Make sure that they have the basics. I would say start with the foundation of ABCs. So like Greg said, agility, balance, and coordination. And then from there, I think we progress them to just the, the fundamental movement skills. So that's where it comes down to like hinge, squat, lunge, step, push, pull. Um, and, you know, if you kind of emphasize those things, I think as they mature, you can start to get into laying some strength and power on top of that. But to me, that's the foundation. That's how you prevent injury. That's how you become completely athletic. Um, and, and I think you do that in a way that helps them become athletes in multiple sports, not just, not just you said, get better at one sport, I think was in your question, but it's to get better at, at sports in general. Uh, it's a little too young to be kind of too sport specific. So, again, I would then urge you to make sure your programs are built to um, to make sure we're, we're not overemphasizing one sport. So we have plenty of kids that play baseball three seasons out of the year or they play hockey three seasons out of the year up here in New England. Um, and I think our programs are built to kind of to, to make sure that they're not overdoing that one thing and they're kind of getting a well-rounded program. Yeah, So. well said. Awesome. All right, Gabe and Ader, what right. we got? Next question comes from Shreveport, Louisiana by uh, Chris Baltz, who's a PT, DBT. 
Yes, in retrospect, what are your top three do's and don'ts as related to business when you open champion with your business partner? Oh, okay, business question. Top three do's and don'ts. I'd say the number one do is easy. We hired Greg Wilson, strength coach extraordinaire. Jeez, <laughs> um, do's and don'ts. All right, I'll start. Maybe, maybe you want to jump in uh, after that line. I'd say the first do... Um, you know, the best thing we did, which is kind of funny because it's the fundamental business skills that I think we all kind of laughed at, but I'm kind of a very pragmatic guy, I kind of do the steps. So, you know, you read all the books and everything like that. Um, uh, we wrote out our core values and not in a way like we just stole them from Zappos or Starbucks or Disney or something like that, but we wrote the core values that kind of, you know, meant a little specific to us. And, you know, Lenny and I, for example, just with the physical therapy at one point, we were going back and forth on whether or not we should accept insurance. And as soon as we laid out our core values, I think it became very clear to us that we couldn't treat the way we wanted to treat in a normal insurance model. We had to go out of network so we could spend more one-on-one quality time. So I'd say the first do and don't is, is really get some get some some good core values under you and then use them to, to make your decisions. And it just that's just one example. But, you know, having real core values, not just like always smile, but like, you know, real core values. Or a solid coffee. So. <laughs> is that it? That's I one of those? that's definitely one of them. I don't know. <laughs> solid um, coffee? It's yeah. got to be better than that. Um, <laughs> I think also developing your niche. So I think a lot of PT facilities are just seeing anything and everything, which is fine. you got to get your people in and volume in, but we know what we specialize in, and we make that known through social media posts, through blog posts, through our interactions with our clients and what we treat. And we're not trying to build this world where we're going to dominate everything. If we see something that comes in here that's a little beyond us or we think somebody else can treat them better. We're not afraid to refer out to a surgeon, to a doc, to another PT, to a personal trainer, to anybody. We are always referring out. So we know our niche. We know our niche is, you know, baseball shoulders, things of that nature. And otherwise, if we see something that's a little beyond us, you know, it's we have moved on. And, and we have a team around us that we work with closely, as I mentioned, and been huge for that yeah, and that we just refer back and forth it's been it's been great in that aspect i'd piggyback that too like lenny brought up you know the word niche uh or depending on how you say niche or something niche, i, I, niche, I yeah. say niche what do you say niche niche what do you niche. Babe? Niche. niche in the south so we got four niches here no no niches niche. i know there's some niches out there in the world. uh so you know to piggyback on the the niche concept um i i think it's not just your niche but i think it's also your passion you know so um I, that's one of the big things hopefully your passion is your niche yeah, right or yeah. or make make your make niche your, yeah. or your passion your niche right. or vice, vice versa you yeah. guys get it uh but you got you got to be passionate about it so um heck if, if you like sports and you're stuck in pediatric physical therapy then you're not going to love it and you're not going to give your best to the, the people in front of you every day so you got to be passionate about it so find find what you're passionate about make that your niche you know and then you know complement each other so right you know so obviously you know one of my niches is is you know baseball obviously lenny also has a you know similar baseball niche but Lenny's also fantastic at post-op rehab you know probably does that better than anyone I know um, he's yeah I got a golf niche he's TPI certified as well as well Greg likes to lift heavy heavy things and throw heavy things right what do you do in college 
Uh, hammer throw. Hammer throw. Love it. Yeah. You know, so not just baseball here. We get some, we throw hammers around too. Um, but, you know, Greg's got a passion about that. Uh, Dave Tilly, new PT here at, uh, at Champion is, uh, uh, is a gymnastics, uh, you know, he's passionate about gymnastics. So that's kind of his niche there, right? Gabe's passionate about, what are you passionate about, Gabe? Graduating. Graduating. <laughs> studying for the board. So, um, so yeah, heck, you know, know your values, know your passion, make that your niche. You know, I, I think those are our biggest do's think, and don'ts. Just to answer a little more of his question, what not to do is to put yourself in a situation where you've overspent on um, setting up your clinic, you don't have your base of clients, you, you, you have thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of debt, you're like, all right, now let's get the people in. It does not work like that. Start really small. And we started off with basic stuff, and Mike was driving all over New England, picking stuff up uh, from therapists that were closing their clinics and just buying... Uh, Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist, <laughs> and just buying random PT stuff. And we started really small, and we're still small. You know, we don't we don't have a ton of stuff, and we're slowly building our well, our arsenal up based off of what we need in our, our growing classes. And, and we did not create this huge amount of debt that we then need to needed to try to fill with people you know it's with the other way the people helped us to build so yeah pe- people are coming to see you right. you know if they're coming to see the glitz and the glamour i think you've your core values are wrong you know yeah. but awesome all right gabe what's number three all right number three comes from kevin who's a pt in arizona with a patient uh with neck pain once you've established better deep neck flexor activation endurance and decrease in pain do you then incorporate components of scapular and core control assuming that they have good thoracic spine mobility in their exercise program all right so maybe maybe we'll paraphrase that and say somebody with with cervical issues so neck pain um okay once once we've treated the neck it sounds like once we've kind of made the neck moment do we do we include the core you know the trunk the core the scaps and stuff so yeah i I would say there's a, a definite progression and we always want to look above and below a joint and, and treat the person holistically just not seeing them as a cervical cervical spine pain person i'm seeing them as what caused this was there something in their thoracic spine was it lumbar spine what was their movement like what were they trying to do i don't know i'm just going to create a scenario were they trying to do deadlifting or some kind of squat and they kept uh, they are in a position where they are hyperextending their neck and not necessarily strong in their deep neck flexes, and they, or they, they had to compensate because of other issues. So it was, well, I think we're hitting that from the beginning. It's not just isolate the cervical spine and then build. I think we're hitting everything from the beginning. We're treating some of the deep neck flexor stuff or anything else that we may find, but we've definitely also looked at their lumbar spine um, and other areas. And I tend to go selective functional movement assessment, the SFMA, and that kind of pulls anything and everything out. Uh, through my general assessment, and, uh, you know, it, it tends to work. You can really find and pinpoint a lot of issues. Sometimes you find too much, and you overwhelm the client, and then you got to kind of pull back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I would just say too is the cervical spine isn't its own entity. You know, it's it's the spine. You know, and, and you got to think this all kind of plays together. So, you know, I, you tend to see, and, and heck, I don't know if this has been proven in the literature, but I certainly feel like I see it. You know, if the more lordosis you have, the more, you know, uh, subsequential increased kyphosis you have, and then a little bit more forward head posture. So, you know, you, you could, if you have a forward head posture, I think a good amount of the time you have excessive kyphosis, and then oftentimes you have excessive lordosis in there. Maybe you have some like lumbopelvic alignment issues. So, um, the, the 
the pelvis, the, the spine, the scaps, I mean, they all play together in the way they sit together. So I, I, I guess I would stop, you know, their, their symptoms are maybe in their cervical spine, but their issue is their body. Right. You know, and, and, and I think you got to think of the spine, their body. So, um, yes, we do, you know, we treat cervical, obviously, if we need that, but then we integrate it, and you can start doing some of that stuff yourself, but then you can also, you know, put it in and, and make sure you're getting them with a good fitness person or a strength and conditioning coach like Greg, and, you know, we, we get our cervical spine patients to then go do a functional workout program, you know, with our strength coaches, because that's really, to me, the key to long-lasting functional movement, so... Um, awesome. All right. Good episode, guys. I like it. Greg, welcome aboard. Yeah. Lovely to be welcome here. To the podcast. First episode for Greg Wilson, hopefully many more. Mm-hmm. Len, as always, Gabe, good work today. You dominated those questions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so, yeah, um, keep giving us questions, I guess. Again, again we're having fun. I know we keep saying that, but um, MikeReynolds.com backslash or forward slash. we got to figure out what that is. Is it backslash or forward slash? Slash MikeRound.com slash podcast. <laughs> uh, MikeRound.com slash podcast. Ask us some questions. Uh, we're going to put some goodies on there at some point too on that webpage just for people that, that listen to the body, podcast to find. But we'll put all the episodes up there. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and stuff like that. We're, we're trying to kind of get some momentum with the podcast. So, you know, subscriptions, reviews on iTunes would be awesome. Um, and, you know, we'll go from there. So, um, you know, send us some questions and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinal.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.